Hello, and welcome to episode 366 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Roger Goodell. Yes, the most hated man in all of football. As always, I am joined by Evan Silva and the glory that is the NFL draft tips off Thursday night. I, your humble commissioner, Goodell, with the humble $63 million per year salary tonight, will be presiding over the mock to end all mocks. For this, I am joined by, historically speaking, three of the best mock drafters in the world. Their history here speaks for itself. Silva, of course, you all know, you all love. Scott Smith of Action Network, been dominating the mock draft scene for years. And then Ben Standig of The Athletic. I've actually been personally following his work for a long time as a recovering Washington sports fan. Myself, Ben is two-time NFL mock draft champion. Silva, good evening. Happy mock. Absolutely. I think we need to get this show on the road. I mean, these guys are absolute studs. Ben brings to the table a ton of actual intel, actionable intel as well. Scott Smith has the ability to sift through the BS like no one else. Um, And that that explains why these guys have such great documented histories of uh, mock draft accuracy. Scott, good evening. How's it going? Good, man. I appreciate the... uh... The invite and uh, look, man, I, I've been a big fan of Ben's work for a long time as a Commanders fan now. It's, it's good to get to share the stage with him tonight. Yes, I grew up a Redskins fan. I gave it up, but they've since become the football team. Now the Commanders, Ben, how's it going? What's happening? Well, as you all established, I cover the commander, so that's how it's going in my life. Uh, you know, we're you know, even today there was a new development in the congressional hearings, but for the congressional world. But fortunately, we're not focusing on that. We're focusing on that real life, but the mock life. So yeah, I'm so curious, Ben, how you got into this whole mock drafting. Like, why do you think you've been so successful? On a lot of the team beat writers don't even know who, like who their own team is taking, let alone <laughs> let alone who everybody else is taking. Um, I mean, honestly, uh, when I was a kid, I just enjoyed doing mock drafts. And the first time I won the contest, like I didn't even have a spell source, let alone have one. And I think my intuition just worked. And uh, honestly, the more people I talk to, the, the the worse I think I do because there's too many, <laughs> too many, yeah. too many voices and variables. But yeah, I mean, you just kind of dr- just try to get a feel for what's out there and and you know what the team needs are, and don't get overly worked up by what I think about a player. It's about what they think of the player or and what their needs are that matters the most. I think one thing that like I try to figure out is who told X reporter this information, like what's their source, right? Because if the source sure. is the agent, it's probably BS. Like, how do you know when to report something that someone tells you if you think it might be BS or you, you have no idea? A hundred percent. I mean, obviously like last year uh, with regards to say the uh, train uh, the the Mac Jones going three to the Niners thing, like a lot of that was started in part because Chris Sims comes out there. Everybody says he's a big you know BFF of Kyle Shanahan's, and he started mm-hmm. saying Mac Jones. Everyone's like, all right, well, I guess he's going to have to know. Obviously, we know what happened, but that's a type of where like this information just sort of ran wild with everybody for a while until you had to make a call in the end. And you're right, it is interesting that I I play this game all the time, even just on my own beat. Somebody puts up a source. I try to guess where, where did it come from because yeah. I think it's important. And in this case, for sure, because sometimes it's just obvious nonsense, but other times you're like, "All right." And I and I just know from my own experience, sometimes the teams are the one line. Sometimes the agents are telling the truth, and vice versa. It just depends. Obviously, you just have to you know sift through the uh, sift through it as best you can. Sure. I mean, if I was a team, if I was a GM or a coach, I would lie all the time to make sure that I got my guy. But that's a story for another day. 
Tonight's draft will be simple. Each guy will make a pick. We'll talk about it. We'll move on. Should be lots of fun. Before we get into it, draft props are up on all kinds of sites, and there's so much value. Unquestionably, the softest betting market of the entire year. If you sign up for BetMGM with our link, you'll get 1K in free bets, $85 coupons to use on any ETR product, and you can bet their draft props. All right, let's get into it here. I want to be very clear that there's no rules on this draft. There's no trades. The only rules are there's no trades, and these guys will be picking what they think the teams will do. Not what they should do, but they will do. Big difference there, okay? We're trying to put our heads, they're trying to put their heads in the minds of these donkey GMs and coaches. Certainly a difficult exercise. Order is going to be Silva, then Scott, then Ben, Silva, then Scott, then Ben, Silva, then Scott, then Ben, et cetera, et cetera, till we are done. That brings us to number one overall pick. Honestly, I can't remember a time, Evan, where there was so much like, yep two, three, four different guys where it's possible they could go number one, but I'll put you on the clock here, Evan Jacksonville and Evan Silva's on the clock. Yeah, I think the way that the winds have been blowing here, Trayvon Walker is going to be the guy. Um, I think that Trent Balky, the GM for the Jaguars, is the guy who's got his fingers on the button. He's got the final say when it comes to the football decisions. Tra- uh, Trayvon Walker checks a lot of boxes uh, in, in regards to like uh, the, the sort of player that Trent Baalke has drafted in the past. If you go back to his uh, history in San Francisco and they need a guy opposite Josh Allen uh, and they, they, they want to be able to rush the passer and Trayvon Walker gives him a lot of upside. No, a, a lot has been made of his lack of sack production at Georgia, but they played a very read and react defense there. And he was not necessarily getting upfield all the time. He played all over the defense. Um, I, I think that they have, at least Trent Baalke has sold himself on uh, uh, Trayvon Walker at number one. Yeah, and um, line has moved. I mean, Trayvon Walker's the favorite now to go number one. Peter King uh, had some reporting about Trayvon Walker going number one, certainly in play. And for so long, it was it was uh, Ike hype. It was uh, Aiden Hutchinson seemed like a lock. Now it seems like Trayvon Walker. We'll see if that changes before Thursday. Anyways, Evan is on the board. Jacksonville Jaguars on the board with Trayvon Walker. That brings us to the Detroit Lions at number two, I mean, I could see them going any number of different positions here. Scott, what do you have for the Lions at number two? Yeah, luckily uh, on Friday, I was able to get a little bit of that last Trayvon Walker, number one, at uh, plus 190. But uh, that, that line's long gone, and uh, I think they're looking at Aiden Hutchinson here. Uh, the real argument would be for me is Kyle Thibodeau. Um, but I think whenever you just factor in the, the things that Aiden Hutchinson brings and how Kyle those kind of that new age athlete in the mold of Juju Smith-Schuster, interested in some of the off-field stuff, not just, you know, all about football in, in a sense. Um, you know, I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the fit that's going to, from a culture standpoint, work in with what uh, they want to go ahead and build there in Detroit. Yeah, we, we had a long shot bet on Malik Willis to go number two to Detroit. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. I still don't think that's totally insane for them, but doesn't look like that's going to happen. And that brings us to the third overall pick the houston texans have that i will go to ben standing of the athletic yeah i i kind of think they could go for a a pass rusher here but the top two guys are off the board so now it's either you're kind of rolling with the Kayvon thibodeau deal which uh, it does feel like he could be sliding and there's questions there uh jermaine johnson the florida state defensive end is one of the hotter names not just this last couple days but this whole pre-draft process um that said, I, maybe it's a little too conservative, but I think that, you know, building up the offensive line is never a bad way to go. And Evan Neal was, you know, arguably the number one pick 
target, you know, earlier in this process, a young quarterback. I think that's the way I'm going to go. And I think the what I think it's something they could absolutely do. So uh, Evan Neal from Alabama to the Texans at number three. Yeah, I've heard so many different things on the Texans from defensive back to offensive linemen to all kinds of different things for the Texans. Evan Neal, you can still get a plus money to be the first offensive lineman off the board if you'd like that. Ike Kwanu remains uh, the favorite there in Charles Cross behind him. Fourth overall pick, Silva, the New York Jets. Yeah, this is a really interesting one because, I mean, I think they could go a variety of ways. Obviously, they're picking – they go back on the board at number 10, um, and they're probably, like, you know, trying to make this pick based on which of their guys – and I think there's, like, literally, like, five, six guys in play here. Which of those guys is likeliest to fall to number 10 so they get two of the guys that they're they're heavily targeting? I'm going to go with Iki Ekwanu here because – Man, the the vibes on Makai Becton are just they're 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 not positive right now, and they also need uh, help uh, on the other side of their offensive line. And um, I think that you know even if they get Makai Becton rolling, they could still find a place to start uh, Iki Ekwanu, whether it be a guard, right tackle. Um, I think they need to make this pick for. Uh, the, to increase the chances of uh, Zach Wilson succeeding. Yeah, I mean, when Zach Wilson was pressured last year and, and, and after the injury, I mean, he was pressured constantly. He was just an absolute disaster. And I would never, you know, talk badly about an offensive lineman pick for a young quarterback like Zach Wilson. Speaking of offensive line help, a lot of people, Scott, are mocking offensive linemen to the New York Giants these days. Is that how you see it going? Scott is on the clock here, fifth overall New York Giants. Yeah, I think when you look at this situation of how our mock draft is unfolding here, and if this is the way it unfolds here in, in Thursday for the NFL draft, I think the Giants absolutely have to take Charles Cross here, especially looking at the situation that Carolina's in behind them, and also with them having that seventh pick. I think here they can go ahead and round out the offensive line in the big three that are there at the top of the draft, and then still be able to come back at seven and grab their player. And, and look, Charles Cross is getting some great numbers there to go to the Giants. He was just at plus 450 this morning um and, and it, look there's also another way this draft could play out where the you could have a defensive lineman and maybe add a mod Barner in there and charles cross could still get love he's getting a lot of a lot of connections there to the giants especially from peter schrager and his connections um i, I like the fit here with charles cross to new york at five yeah it's it, as scott said it's interesting because they pick again at seven they don't know what carolina is going to do at six but carolina has certainly been Rumored to be interested in offensive line. In our mock here, we have three straight offensive linemen going off the board. Evan Neal, Ike Higuainu, Charles Cross, three, four, five. Brings us to number six overall. Ben Standig and the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Yeah, this is a disaster. Uh, <laughs> at the sixth pick, I mean, I don't buy the the quarterback talk at Carolina. It just feels like if you're if they're in a must win situation for coach Matt rule taking a rookie isn't gonna get you anywhere and you know obviously everybody's talked about this quarterback class is is not that exciting I've talked to sources who think offensive line is where they want to go but you guys just took the top three off the board and there's nobody else offensive line that I can really go to here and look even if I want to go cornerback and just mess with the Giants they don't need corners so I guess I'm going to have to go with 
I don't know. I guess I don't know if they would say to heck with it. We'll take the quarterback, but I'll stick with the no quarterback. Go with the edge rusher, and I'll go Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I mean, I think you know, you know, they they lost Raddick in, in free agency, so I think giving him with Brian Burns is hardly a bad choice. It's just probably not their first option. Sure, and and I think if the draft plays out like this, Carolina will be desperately trying to trade back. I believe the Absolutely. rumors that are out there that it's going to be harder than ever to trade back because this draft is so flat. You know, like trading up for someone. I don't know what Carolina could get the number six overall pick. But Ben goes ahead and takes Jermaine Johnson. Evan, I know you made a bet today involving Jermaine Johnson. Why don't you tell the people that, and then we'll get to you at number seven. Oh, uh, we took him to uh, uh, go five, in the top yeah. five. Yeah, you know, and. I- Dave Burkett, who has covered the Lions for a really long time, tweeted today that he wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jermaine Johnson went number two overall. Uh, the Texans could absolutely use uh, an outside pass rusher, uh, and they're drafting at uh, number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets could take him at four, and I think the Giants could even take him at five. So mm-hmm. it was at plus 400, four to one. You know, we I don't think it's likely, but I think that it, it's a well-priced bet. Yeah. Uh, that Jermaine Johnson could go in the top five. but a lot, um, Yeah, a lot of people are saying that Jermaine Johnson is one of the players that Evans, you know, Evans talked about this before. Who is the NFL higher on than the right. media? And Jermaine Johnson certainly fits into that. Anyway, Giants are back on the clock here. They took Charles Cross with a number yep. five overall pick. Evan, what do you have for the Giants here at number seven? I actually think this is a pretty easy pick for the Giants. And I think they take Ahmad Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. allowed zero touchdown passes in his college career, is the perfect fit for the Wink Martindale defense. Um, I, I think there's an easy one. They just run this up. They run this card up there. Speaking of teams who have needs, the Atlanta Falcons have needs. I mean, I don't even know, like every position maybe. I can't even think of a strength that the Falcons have. Scott, you're on the clock here with the Falcons at number eight. Yeah, I think this pick and under these scenarios, you, you're really looking at, at one of two positions, and that's either going to be edge rusher with Kayvon Thibodeau still on the board here. And I think the other thing you're going to be looking at is possibly a wide receiver. You know, the, the odds have shifted to where Garrett Wilson is, is the top favored wide receiver to be taken in this draft, but I'm actually going to swing in a little bit different direction and go with Drake London. He's been getting a lot of steam here lately. I think Arthur Smith values a little bit big receiver. They can go ahead and pair up with Kyle Pitts. And look, Atlanta's wide receiver room is probably the worst position group in the NFL here. So I I think them to go ahead and get one of these top receivers, I I think that's the way they're going to swing over the edge position where in the second round, you're still going to have a little bit better players that may be there as far as the edge and and there in the second round that they can get later. Yeah, I mean – we talked about Drake London with Mike Reiner last week. He can go ahead and listen to the pod about that. I'm not sure that Drake London separates from all these guys, but Atlanta might not have a choice. They might just be like, we need wide receiver help. We can't wait on it whatsoever. Seattle Seahawks, who are in a rebuild, even though if they don't want to admit it, Ben, Seattle Seahawks are on the clock at ninth overall. Yeah, so another team that on paper needs a quarterback unless you buy Drew Locke. That said, I just... 70-year-old Pete Carroll, I just don't get why they're drafting a rookie when whatever you want to say about Baker Mayfield, he's going to cost you nothing to get, and he would give you a viable option for a team that, you know, I think has believes, like like what you said, is not in a rebuild, that they actually could be in the mix for something. Um, so that said, this is not a bad option. I've got Kayvon Thibodeau there if I want the pass rusher. I've got Derek Stingley Jr. if I want the corner. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of feel like this would be the floor for Stingley, but boy, it feels like it's going to be hard to pass on Thibodeau 
uh, you know, with his his potential. So assuming that Seattle isn't one of those teams that's mad at him, I'll go with Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, defensive end from Oregon at number nine. Yeah, I, I took a bet early in the process on Thibodeau over draft position five and a half. It's starting to get a little scary. I feel like he's like getting steamed back up, but I hope that this mock is true mm-hmm. and he does go after spot five and a half here. Ben has him going to Seattle here. Yeah, by the way, uh, Daniel Jeremiah said on uh, today's Move the Sticks podcast that the floor for Kayvon Thibodeau is number nine. He's not getting past number nine. And he also mentioned, uh, as Scott mocked, that uh, he keeps hearing that Drake London uh, is ticketed to Atlanta. Interesting. Okay. Silva's on the clock. Tenth overall with the New York Jets. Silva also had the Jets at number four overall. He took Ike Egwanu for them. Silva back on the clock, number 10 overall Jets. Yeah, and I think that this is an awesome, awesome turnout for the Jets here. I think they could go any which way, like between four guys. I think they could take Derek Stingley here. I think they could take a wide receiver. That That's where I'm going to go, uh, is wide receiver. I think Garrett Wilson is a, a safe pick, a high floor pick with plenty of upside. Uh, a lot of Stefan Diggs to his game, and we're taking him at number 10. And now we're lining up with Garrett Wilson and, um, uh, 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 you know, who would take uh, Ike Ekwanu at four? Yep. I, I yeah. So uh, we're, we're loaded. We're loading up around Zach Wilson. I think that's the way to go here with, with a young quarterback. I'm surprised you didn't go for Jameson Williams here for the Jets, but certainly Garrett Wilson looks like the safer pick for sure. All right. Washington football team, a.k.a. Washington Commanders. Not Ben's pick. It is Scott's pick at 11th overall for the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, this the way this draft is unfolding and, and certainly the way I think it may unfold, I think you're looking at two trains of thought, especially with Carson Wentz uh, being acquired in the offseason. I, I think it's it's imperative for them to get some help for, for Carson Wentz. So you kind of look at the wide receiver. But the other position I think you have to look at is, is with – Landon Collins leaving Washington, and uh, you look at that Buffalo nickel position and Kyle Hamilton sitting on the board here. Kyle Hamilton's one of those players that's really fluctuated throughout this draft process. You've had some scouts that actually love him, that have had him as top two or three player, and then you've had some other scouts after the combine kind of be concerned with where his uh, real position and what his skill sets in the line and and the way the NFL is run with these passing attacks. But for here, I think this is just one of those things where it lines up with both Drake London and, and Garrett Wilson off the board, you would maybe have Olave, who's, who's there's kind of been some smoke there with Washington. But under these circumstances, I think Kyle Hamilton's going to be the pick. Okay. Uh, I would think it's safe to say at this point that Derek Stingley is in a bit of a free fall here in our mock up to 12th overall here. Go to Ben and the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, well, you know, the Stingley family can relax because that'll end his, his free fall end here. I mean, it feels like Minnesota... Uh, you know, there's not much certainty with this draft, but it does feel like Minnesota taking a cornerback, even if that's uh, Trent McDuffie, if he's still there, feels like uh, about as certain as, as almost anything else here in this draft. Uh, if Stingley makes it this far, I think it's a relative mm-hmm. no-brainer for them. So that's what I'll go. Derek Stingley to the Vikings at 12. Yeah, agreed. No-brainer pick there for the Minnesota Vikings. Evan is on the clock now with the Houston Texans. Houston Texans took Evan Neal with their first overall pick, number three overall, was Evan Neal. Now they're back on the clock at 13th overall. Evan are the Texans. Yeah, and we are building a little bit right here around Davis Mills, who 
really kept getting better the more he played as a rookie and showed a lot of promise. And we're going to go with Jamison Williams. We think we're stealing him at number 13. He brings a ton of speed to the table. We're, we're going to, we're playing fast. You know, uh, this is a, a retractable roof uh, in Houston. Uh, we're going to get out Brandon Cooks, Jamison Williams, Nico Collins. I think we're cooking with some gas here. Yeah, and certainly Davis Mills opened some eyes last year in a big, big way. 14th overall, Baltimore Ravens. Scott is on the clock with the Ravens at 14th overall. Yeah, I think there's a number of different ways and directions that this Ravens team can go. Um, I think they would you know, be looking for one of the edge rushers to be there if they fall down. But here kind of in this spot, I think they're going to remain along the defensive line and, and take the big defensive tackle out of Georgia, Jordan Davis. Um, I, I think when you start looking at the Ravens defensive line, the majority of their starters going into this year are all over 30 years of age. Calais Campbell signed back on, you know, how much time does he have left? And I just think with the way the, the Ravens have typically played defense, this is a guy who's going to fit in with their defense and, and what they want to do. Look, he, he may not be able to, to go ahead and shoot the gaps in the way that Aaron Donald and some of those guys do. But even though he's a two-down player, look, dealing with him on those two downs is going to cause a lot of problems for some of these other defenses. I mean, offenses. Like it. Okay. 15th overall, the Eagles, Ben. I mean, I don't think the Eagles are like great or anything, but the NFC is so bad beyond, you know, the Bucks maybe um, and Aaron Rodgers is back, but like the NFC is wide open. So I feel like Eagles actually think they maybe can like actually win now, even though I don't think feel like their team is that good. But anyways, Ben, 15th overall with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So they also have the 18th pick. So obviously part of this game is trying to figure out what's going to happen in between and since the saints are one of those picks you know and i feel like with one of the saints two first round picks everybody's going to give them a receiver so since that's a uh, a need for philly it just feels like let's just not mess around here too much chris olave is still on the board wide receiver from ohio state i think that's a good fit uh you know pair him with Devonte smith and give jalen hurts uh another weapon on the outside so yeah uh, chris olave wide receiver uh going 15 to the eagles I believe that would be three straight years if the Eagles do this, that they would have taken a wide receiver in the first round, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Saints, let's see what Underhill has been putting in Silva's ear. The Saints are on the clock uh, at 16th overall with Silva. Oh, the Saints are so pissed here that Chris Olave went one pick ahead of them after those teams made a trade uh, not too long ago. And, but this, you know, the Saints need a left tackle. And we're, we're running out of talent at the offensive tackle position. We saw all those guys go really, really early in, you know, the, uh, the top seven picks. We're taking Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa right here and replacing Teron Armstead uh, because we need to get some protection on Jameis Winston's blind side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Saints have holes, man. I think the, the Teron Armstead thing is way bigger than I think probably the media made it out to be. I mean, that was a huge, huge, huge loss for the saints scott chargers 17th overall look this 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 starts to get where the draft starts to get tough once you start hitting middle teams right here and and especially with the chargers a lot of people think one of the reasons the saints moved up was to get in in front of the chargers and particularly for either a wide receiver or a tackle because that's where you know a lot of their needs can end up going and i think under this circumstance the chargers are going to be 
you know, in a rough spot, like with what just got picked and what come off the board. There's no wide receiver there that really kind of fits this draft part. You start looking at, at the offensive line and whatnot, and, and that didn't pan out as far as the tackle. But I'm going to go ahead and pivot a little bit, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and mock them Zion Johnson out of Boston College. I think he's a guy that can go ahead and help build that offensive line. He's played multiple positions there, offers some versatility for that offensive line and what they've been doing. And I think they can continue to build around Herbert. Uh, Chargers have had an awesome offseason. You know, that's what you can do when you have an amazing quarterback under your, under his rookie contract. They've added a ton of help. They've added a ton of help on the offensive line. I think they can just go best player available here. And I think that's what Scott was alluding to here with Zion Johnson at 17th overall. Ben took Chris Olave for the Eagles. And I was just looking through Eagles draft history in 2019. They used the second round pick on JJ Arcega Whiteside last year in 2020, Jalen Rager first round pick. And then last year, Devonte Smith, first round pick. I mean, they've put so much draft capital into wide receiver. Arcega Whiteside and Jalen Rager look like bus. And so then we have them going to uh, Chris Olave at 15th overall. Now they're back on the clock. 18th overall, Ben, are the Philadelphia Eagles. They are. And, you know, we we know the deal, right? They don't draft linebackers, off-ball linebackers in the first round. So even though all, the, all those guys are still here and that's a need for them, I'll follow tradition and not go that route. Uh, not only is cornerback a need, but Trent McDuffie is still on the board. I mean, I think there's a reasonable chance he goes in the top 12, you know, in the in the real uh, draft. So the fact that he's here, I think, makes this one a pretty easy call. So I'm going to go Trent McDuffie, uh, cornerback for Washington. Mm-hmm. Dig it for the Eagles. Okay. Saints back on the clock again, Evan. They took... Trevor Penning at 16 overall, who will they take at 19 overall, Silva? We still need more help on offense in New Orleans. And so I I think we're going to reach a little bit for a receiver here. Jahan Dotson Mm. out of Penn State. You know, the the receivers go fast here. And I I think that's a realistic expectation for the real NFL draft that the receivers go really fast. We get seven or eight of them in the first round. And because there is a significant fall off after like wide receiver eight or nine Um, and the saints need help. I mean, they had maybe the worst receiver core in the league last year. I mean, it it was bottom five Mm -hmm. Um, and and we, we need help here. Yeah, certainly shout out Penn state, Jahan Dotson. And yeah, saints. I mean, Scott knows, but living in New Orleans, I mean, my God, their, their offense last year was like, so hard to watch. I mean, I, I couldn't even like watch a Saints game. I was in too much pain. Uh, <laughs> Steelers, Scott, are on the clock. Everybody says Steelers are going to take quarterback. Steelers are going to take quarterback. Steelers are going to take quarterback. Do you buy that here at 20th overall? Look, I absolutely buy it. I think it's time to go ahead and get this party started and break out some of the quarterback. Look, on, on path to the draft, Daniel Jeremiah, one of his big three predictions tonight, just earlier before the show, was that he expects Pittsburgh to be able to get the quarterback of their choice here at 20 and expects the quarterbacks to drop. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and connect them with Malik Willis, who they seem to have a love affair with. Uh, I think when you start looking at Mitch Trubisky, he's just a placekeeper. And I, I think that coaching staff believes that they can get the most out of Malik Willis so I, I think he's going to be the first quarterback taken here, and, and I like the connection. Yeah, and certainly from a fantasy perspective, as we talked about with Thor last week, I mean, Malik Willis for fantasy, my God. Anyways, that's a story for another day. Uh, Patriots are on the clock. Ben is serving the role of Bill Belichick here. 
tonight, not Bill Belichick's dog, I don't think, Ben, 21st overall Patriots. I would have dressed in my uh, cut-off sleeve hoodie if I had known uh, <laughs> that was going on. Um, well, I mean, look, the, the Patriots and Texans made a trade today for some uh, mid-to-late-round picks. I, I don't know if how much that's going to affect me at 21, so I, I won't let it. Uh, look, I think linebacker is in play here at some point. These guys are going to go, and I know that you know both. You listen to all the public evaluators, and they all love Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean. Uh, Devin Lloyd just has the more prototypical size that you're looking for. So we'll just go in that direction. I, I think it could absolutely be Nicobe Dean, who I imagine is going to be the guy who everybody is going to, after one year into the league, goes, oh, how come that guy slipped? But he's going to slip a little bit more because I'm going to go Devin Lloyd, linebacker Utah to the Patriots at 21. All right, Devin Lloyd off the board at 21st overall. Silva, 22nd overall is the Green Bay Packers. And this is going to be a spot where fantasy people are going to be looking yep. closely because the assumption is that whichever rookie wide receiver goes to the Packers and immediately have a big, big role. That assumes, of course, the Packers are actually going to take a wide receiver with one of their first two picks. Evan, what do you have for the Packers at 22nd overall? Well, that's exactly what they're going to do in this scenario. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas has some similarities to Devontae Adams, won a lot uh, in the screen game at Arkansas. And Devontae Adams caught a ton of screen balls uh, uh, in, uh, in Green Bay over the past several years. But... I think it's interesting to note that Traylon Burks has drawn, well, he was one of the best run after catch receivers in college football. And, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur comes from that Kyle Shanahan school where they love to emphasize the rack, the yak, you know, the after, after contact, after the catch production, um, Traylon Burks has some weaknesses to his game. I mean, he's not a big time separator. Uh, he's a little shaky in terms of his route running. Uh, but he, I think at his peak, at his potential ceiling, he could be an Alshon Jeffrey type player. And um, I, I think the, the Packers need to pounce on this. I know they haven't taken a first round receiver, you know, in, since Javon Walker or whatever. That, that to me is not a predictive statistic. Uh, and if anything, uh, it, it would be, it, it would say like it's time to take a receiver in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to give Aaron Rodgers $50 million a year and then have Devonta Adams walk and not give him some wide receiver help. And also right. lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling as well. Arizona. Oh, by the way, Traylon Burks I'm referring to as the boar hunter uh, from now on. But anyways, uh, Scott, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock here. Some offseason drama with Kyler Murray, but otherwise relatively quiet on Arizona's front. What do you have for them at 23rd overall? Look, it's a little bit of a question, does the squeaky wheel get the grease? You know, Kyler Murray's wanting more help, and uh, I think there's a player here that may offer it. Um, when you start looking at their top 30 visits, there's two players that really interest me here, and one of them is, is George Karloftis, who uh, has kind of slipped down in, in this draft, and the other one is Green, the big, uh, the big offensive lineman out of Texas A&M. Um, I think when you start looking at it, you would maybe think that the squeaky wheel would get the grease, but here I'm going to go with George Karloftis, who I think fits in with what they need. They haven't been able to re, re, remake that off that defensive line. Excuse me. I think you start looking at some of the players, and, and JJ Watts getting up there along in the tooth, and Zach Allen, you know, is, is along that that defensive line. But I think they need to start generating a, a little bit more pressure with the loss of Chandler Jones and, and some of the others. So I'm going to go with George Karloftis. That's for Dip. All right, George Karloftis off the board brings us. To the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys lost Mark Cooper, uh, lost Cedric Wilson, 
to get Michael Gallup back, added James Washington. But anyways, that's all wide receiver talk. I'm not sure that's in play here. Maybe Ben thinks it is. 24th overall, Ben and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, just listening to the view there from the Cardinals war room, I was kind of viewing the same two players for Dallas. I mean, uh, you know, they lost uh, Gregory uh, in free agency, so there's a there's a need there. And then you look at the offensive line. I mean, that was the strength of Dallas for years, and we are far removed from that. I, I might have preferred Zion Johnson, but he's gone. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Kenyon Green maybe is a, is a touch dicey for round one in terms of whether he'll be there for real, for real. But I think the need here makes sense. So I'm going to go. Uh, Kenyon Green guard from Texas A&M to Dallas at 24. Yeah, offensive line went from strength to a concern in a hurry for the Cowboys. Silva, 25th overall. The Bills, our Bills, oh, so close to the Super Bowl last year, at least AFC Championship game. Silva, 25th overall, Buffalo Bills. Lots of smoke around Buffalo taking a running back uh, here at uh, number 25. I don't think they're going to do this. I mean, they are a good process team. And time and time again in recent history, bad process moves, paying running backs, taking them in the first round. I don't think they're going to take Brees Hall. I don't think they're going to take Kenneth Walker. I think they're going to go corner because they need help there. They also might go receiver here. But the way that this board has fallen, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they're going to value any of the receivers here highly enough to take them at 25. Andrew Booth out of Clemson. Uh, had a sports hernia surgery, and that has hurt his stock a little bit. But that's an easy recovery, uh, especially for a, a young dude like this. Like, he should be able to get over that in, like, two to three months at, at most. I think four to six weeks is usually the timeline. Plug and play. Tredavious White is coming off an ACL. Uh, they lost Levi Wallace in free agency. They need help at corner. They know how to draft. They know how to play this. Remember last year, they doubled down on uh, edge rushers with their first two picks. They know that pass the passing game and pass defense are the way to win, uh, the ways to win in the NFL. I think they're going corner here. Andrew Booth out of Clemson. Yeah, I think Bills are interested in wide receiver also, but the way this board fell, fell I mean, six wide receivers are already off the board. Can you reach for Sky Moore at this part, point? Can you reach for Christian Watson at this point? I don't know about that. So certainly Andrew Booth would make sense for the Bills. Let's go to the Titans here. Scott is on the clock at 26th overall. Yeah, I think this is a tough spot. And uh, I, I think when you start looking at the way this draft has fallen, look, we, we've we only had one quarterback come off the board. And uh, when you start looking at, at Tennessee and what they did this year, they, they did get a first seed. But once it came to the playoffs, Ryan Tannehill really fell flat. You know, he, he's 34 and kind of getting up there long in the tooth a little bit as well. But I think this team also has a, a lot of need along the offensive line. It's kind of questionable as far as like the talent here. So all the wide receivers have really kind of fallen, started to fall into place off of this. Another need that that's kind of linked to, to Tennessee. I think they have a lot of needs under this circumstance. I'm actually going to go ahead and pull the trigger and go Kenny Pickett. Oh, baby. If you start looking and, and where else is he going to fall in his first round unless another Another team goes ahead and moves up into the first round. And I think we're going to go ahead and, and, and pull the trigger on them here with Mike Rabel. Please, uh, please let you be right about this. We took uh, 
at Evan's behest, I believe we took. No, I, I think it was Amico who was really pushing it. Okay, we took yeah. Kenny Pickett to be drafted by the Titans at fifty to one. We took this on April fifteenth, <laughs> fifty to one. I I want this tip, but as I said before, I actually don't want this tip because I don't want Evan to retire on me. But uh, fifty to one was the number on Kenny Pickett to go to the Titans, and also Evan has noted, uh, I think it's like eighteen million in cap space if they cut Ryan Tannehill after this year, and so certainly an avenue there. Tempe Bucks, Ben is on the clock. You have to assume they're in win now. I mean, Tom Brady, who knows? He retired and unretired this offseason. What do you have for the Bucks at 27th overall, Ben? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I like that that Kenny Pickett bet because I was tracking, when I was tracking quarterbacks before Washington made the Wentz deal, I kept noticing Titans seem to have higher than usual or higher than usual uh, executives at the various quarterback pro days. And it was like, boy, that seems kind mm-hmm. of odd for a team that in theory doesn't need one and so i kind of like that pick uh yeah. okay but this is basically me stalling because i don't really like this board for the bucks you, the, the the two top guards are gone that, that's a that's a need for them um boy, i was even debating receiver considering you know chris godwin's gonna be coming off the the injury and antonio brown's gone but we've already gone through six receivers so i'm, I'm gonna maybe reach a little bit on christian watson and then you got Okay, they could take defensive tackle, right? And Dominican Sue's not signed, but the Devontae Wyatt talk is all over the place because there's all these reports about teams having taken him off their boards for some off the field matters. So I don't see an obvious thing. I, I guess I'll just say if the Buccaneers don't have an issue with Devontae Wyatt, then it would make a lot of sense. He's, you know, arguably some people think he's the better talent than Jordan Davis, who went earlier. So We'll, we'll, we'll just guess that the Bucks are cool here and we'll go Devontae Wyatt defensive tackle from Georgia. Yeah, I mean, you guys are the mockers. It seems to me like these last like five to 10 picks are just like, I and mean, there's not that much reporting on them. There's not that much information about it. It seems so hard to figure out the last 10 picks, certainly harder than the first 10. I'm sure if we look through the data on mock draft hit rates, that would bear that out. But yeah, certainly difficult. Devontae Wyatt, 27th overall, Ben to the Bucks. Packers are back on the clock. Evan, at 28th overall, you had them taking Traylon Burks with their first pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, another tough position, I think, uh, to try to forecast. But I'll tell you, uh, in my last mock draft and in uh, the mock draft that Ben and I did on Saturday, we both had Nicobe Dean, Georgia, going to Green Bay. They want to stay proficient in the middle of the field. Nicobe Dean is just a really good football player. Um I think if he's there at 28, and I realistically, I think he will be there. I think the Packers, he should at least be like one of their top considerations. And I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger here. All right. Nicobe Dean to the Packers at 28th. Overall, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes Chiefs, are on the clock for two picks in a row now, 29th and 30th overall. Scott, go ahead with the 29th overall pick for the Chiefs. Look, we're not allowed to do trades, but I think uh, you can definitely see a situation with Kansas City and and the, the GM there, Veach. He, he likes to move up and move all over draft spots. I, I can definitely see them maybe moving up and, and getting a wide receiver of their preference here in this first round. But since we're not doing trades and we're sticking with this pick, you know, you, you said a little while ago, it, it's hard to link some of these players late in the, in the first round. Teams. One player that has been linked there to the Chiefs is Boye Mafe, the Ed rusher. And I, I think he's had a really good combine, a really 
really good draft season leading up to it. He fits a need that they have there in Kansas City to go ahead and get another edge rusher there. So he's a he's a player that that probably in my final mock draft is going to be linked to the Chiefs at one of these two picks. Okay, 29th overall boy, Mafe to the Chiefs. Chiefs are back on the clock, Ben, at 30th overall. Hmm. So one of the things I've been kind of eyeing here, and I did this with the mock draft that I did with Evan, is since the Chiefs have not just two first-round picks, but a ton of other picks, if they, you know, I agree, they probably make some kind of trades to consolidate some of that. But in this world, using a first-round pick on the injured player David Ajabo from Michigan would make a lot of sense because this was a guy that was projected sort of top 10, top 12 pick, and you're getting him here for a pretty good value. And fine, he doesn't play this year. You've got a bunch of other guys. But we we just went defensive end the pick before, so I'm sort of torn uh, what what to think what to think here. Um, I, I would have said a receiver, but again, they're all kind of off the board. I, I guess, you know what, we'll just do this. I mean, we'll... we'll We'll, we'll go down the receiver route. Uh, Christian Watson is definitely a guy that's a really intriguing prospect. You know, we'll see if he's more uh, pre-draft uh, workout guy versus an NFL starter. But good spot to be in, obviously, if you're a receiver. And he, they could put him to good use. So we'll go Christian Watson, wide receiver, going to the Chiefs at number 30. Yeah, small school wide receiver. Christian Watson with a ton of speed. I think they could also consider Sky Moore there as well if they want to go wide receiver, if they would yep. be one of those two guys, I think. Silva, the Bengals, the AFC champion Bengals are on the clock at 31st overall. Well, if you want to have, you know, at least uh, somewhat of a grasp on what the Bengals are going to do, you need to follow Joe Goodberry on Twitter. I'm sure all of us do. He... uh has actual plugs in the organization. He's been talking about Logan Hall out of Houston as being the Bengals target at number 31. Um, Logan Hall reminds me a little bit of Carlos Dunlap, at at least uh, in terms of his size, he kind of fits that Bengals profile. He can play inside and outside. Uh, And and they, they, they really do need some help up front opposite uh, Trey Hendrickson. You know, they've lost some guys on, on their D line. So Logan Hall out of Houston to the Bengals at 31. All right, Logan Hall. By the way, I just want to give a quick shout out to T. Higgins. What a hero. I mean, this shoulder that he hurt in week three, or I believe it might have been week two, ended yeah. up needing surgery. But I mean, he was such a star over the final yes. 10 games of the season. And so shout out to T. Higgins for gutting it out. Last pick in the mock, the Detroit Lions for their second pick of this first round with their first pick. Scott had them taking Aiden Hutchinson. Now they're on the clock with number 32 overall go ahead and wrap it up for us scott here with the lions pick look i i think this player uh kind of i don't know if he's necessarily matching i think he may actually get picked earlier than this pick but uh i think michigan fans will go ahead and, and rejoice with uh, detroit getting two players out of michigan i'm just going to go with the best player and best value i have on the board which was to be daxon hill out of michigan the safety uh detroit does have some some interest in safety with another pick right there at 34 you can maybe see them picking this this safety pick there at 34 lewis seems another guy but under this circumstance i think daxon hill's the the most talented player left on the board and it's a bit of a need there for detroit so that's who i'm going to go with all right, Daxton Hall, 32nd overall to the Lions, wraps up our round one mock here. Appreciate all you guys listening out there. Hopefully this was helpful and interesting ahead of the NFL draft. We'll certainly be back to examine all 
the fallout. Scott, tell the people where they can find you on the Twitter machine or anywhere else and where they can find your mocks and your work. Look, you can go ahead and uh, hit me up on Twitter if you have any draft questions between now and then or want to get get some information on some draft props. Uh, all of my, my work is going to be over at the Action Network where my final mock draft will be. I've got some uh, other spots lined up with Vegas Insiders, BetQL, and a, another podcast coming up on Action Network. So uh, just be on the lookout, man. I appreciate it. All right, Ben. Obviously, everybody reads you in The Athletic. By the way, I mean, I have not affiliated with The Athletic at all, but I am reading for The Athletic. I subscribe to The Athletic. I think that they do really, really good work. So everybody should know Ben from The Athletic. But Ben, if they don't, tell them where they can find you on social and where they can find all your work. Yeah, I mean, uh, until uh, Elon Musk changes things around, I'm at Ben Standing on Twitter. Um, you can, uh, I also do a podcast called standard groom only. You can listen the, the last episode had Evan Silva. There was very similar conversations to this one, uh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, on the athletic, uh, a lot of commanders primarily, uh, but yeah, obviously NFL draft season, all, all kinds of randomness. Uh, I've got like a notebook going up tomorrow with some commanders news and thoughts in there. So you can check that out. All right, perfect. Uh, Evan, when can the people expect your final mock ahead of Thursday's draft? Wednesday night. Wednesday night on Established Run. Look for Silva's final mock. We'll be free up there as well. Appreciate Ben. Appreciate Scott taking the time to do this tonight. I had fun acting as your honorable commissioner, Roger Goodell. For Scott, for Ben, for Evan, for producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm -hmm.